0: I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. Today's design day. I'm going to talk all about the design of Avicen Restore. So recently, I talked all about uh, Innistrad. I I, I went through a lot of cards. I'd done Innistrad once earlier before. Um, And uh, I have talked about Dark Ascension. So now we get to the third set in the Innistrad block. Um, So let me recap a little bit to talk about how this came about. So... In the beginning, the plan for this block was we would have a large and small set in its own world and the last large set which would be separated in a different world from the first set. In fact, the third set was originally slated to be Innistrad because there wasn't wasn't a lot of faith that Innistrad would have um, enough, I don't know, weight to carry more than one large set. But, uh, the powers that be changed their mind and uh, Innistrad got moved to the Fall uh, the idea being maybe be cooler if the horse set was near to Halloween, and Bill had come to talk to me about was there enough to maybe do a large and a small set. I said there was. So the original plan was... Um, so Brian Tinsman, by the way, led this design. The design team was Brian Tinsman, Mark Gottlieb, Dave, Guffin, Dave Guskin, uh, Ken Nagel, Bill Rose, and myself. Um, and the plan originally was Brian Tinsman was going to do uh, a world completely different from this world. Uh, and Brian, I know, had some ideas what he wanted to do, but then the creative team came back and said, you know what? We think we have a way to not have to leave this world, but radically change it enough that we can give a brand new set with new mechanics. And so they pitched the idea of the Hell Vault. So what had happened was, we went to Innistrad, things were looking horrible for humans, And you learn part of the backstory was that there was this angel named Avicen that um, Soren, the Planeswalker Soren, had made. Why had Soren made a Planeswalker? Why had the Planeswalker Soren made an angel? Um, Well, he was looking out for the fellow vampires of his world because he knew that the vampires had no restraint and that if they ate all the humans, the food food source would go away and they would die out because they have nothing to eat. Or at least they'd be miserable. I'm not sure if they'd die, but they'd be miserable. And so he wanted to make sure that the, the food chain would stick around. So he made um, a savior to protect the humans, which was his angel named Avicen. But something happened to Avicen. She, she came and she had a lot of powerful magic, and she was a lot of the weapons of the humans was powered by, by Avicen's, uh, you know, angel magic. Uh, but she disappeared one day, just went away. No one knew what happened to her. And we find out that she was trapped inside something known as the Hell Vault. So the Hell Vault was um, this device, a sort of a prison that I think Avacyn made. I think she made it or somebody made it. Um, And the prison was where Avacyn was sticking all the demons and the the dangerous things. But things went badly. And while trying to trap Grizzlebrand, he trapped her in it as well that she was trying to put him in and he grabbed her or something. Somehow both of them ended up inside. And then after that, I I think demons started using it to put angels away or something. But anyway, a lot of angels and demons got trapped inside this thing. Um, And so the angels, which were the saviors for the humans, Avacyn especially, um, once they went away, the humans' fate was in, in bad shape. And as we know from Innistrad and Dark Ascension, things were looking really bad for the humans. So it turns out that what they needed was somehow to free Avacyn. Now, let's flash to another part of the story. So um, Liliana came to um, Innistrad because she wanted to get her hands on something known as the Chain Veil. Uh, The Chain Veil was a powerful... or Actually, I don't know if the Chain Veil was here. She had the Chain Veil. I guess she actually take that. She came to Innistrad to kill one of the four demons that she'd made the pact with. So for those that don't know Liliana's background, at one point in her life, she made a pact with four demons for, I guess, eternal youth and life. or Anyway, and uh, she was trying to... Um, uh, she didn't like the contract. She was trying to get out of the contract. And so I, I don't know whether she got the chain veil here or got the chain veil. Maybe she got it elsewhere, actually. But anyway, she came to Indistrad to find Gristlebrand, one of the demons, and uh, deal with him to kill him. The problem was Grisselbrand, like Avicen, had disappeared. And what we learned was that Grisselbrand had been captured by Avicen, although Grisselbrand had also trapped Avicen. So anyway, Grisselbrand was trapped in the Hell Vault. And Liliana needed Grisselbrand out of the Hell Vault in order to kill him. The problem was she didn't have the ability to destroy the, Hellbra- the, the Hell Vault. So what she did is she ended up blackmailing, or I'm not sure blackmailing, threatening and getting Thalia to do it, got Thalia to do her dirty work. Um, and it turns out by breaking open the Hell Vault, not only did she free Crystal Brand and a bunch of other demons, she freed Avison and a bunch of other angels. Um, and so Avison restored, it's all about the world, once Avison got um, removed from the Hell Vault. And Avison and her angels come back with a vengeance and start killing off monsters, because that's what they do. So, by the way, I talked about the design team led by a Brian Tinsman. The development was led by Dave Humphreys, um, and included Mark Globus, Dave Guskin, Eric Lauer, Billy Moreno, and Matt Cernan. Okay, so Bri- this is Brian's last design before he left the company to go on to do other things. Um, so for those who know, Tinsman designed besides designing Evans restored. He designed Champions of Kamagawa. He designed Scourge. He designed Time Spiral. He designed Rise of the Eldrazi. And he designed Abysin restored. I'm sure I'm. Sure, missing one or two that he did. Um, oh he also did Saviors of Kamagawa as well. Anyway, um, so Abison was roll of Shake Rattle and Roll came out on May 4th, 2012. And Brian is uh, as a designer, he loves to take flavor and just run with it. He was the one who rised the that brought the Eldrazi to life. Well, he was gonna bring Absin to life and gristle brand and and the idea was it was a brand new world, so Rise of the Odrazi had been us doing a complete separation, where there was no overlap between the mechanics of Rise of the Odrazi and, um, uh, what's the set of Rise of the was Zendikar and Worldwake. So this time around, we decided we'd, we'd, we'd do a little more overlap. So the creature types all show up, although the werewolves fundamentally change, because one of the things was, there was a lot of concern about double face cards. I love double face cards. I I, I I believed in them. But there was a lot of... Everyone knew it was a risky thing. So we decided, look, we're going to restart, do something new. Let's not have double face cards. If they go badly, this won't have it. Ironically, the big complaint was they went, well, people were sad that this set, which was part of the block, although a different thing, didn't have double face cards. If I had to do it over again, I believe the set would have double face cards. But anyway. Um, so... Brian was really trying to find a cool way to sort of do this. We decided that we'd have one pullover mechanic. So Undying which showed up for the first time in Dark Ascension um, on the monsters. There's some monsters that have dying. Not a lot of dying. Just a little bit for some continuity. And the creature types have continuity. um, Although the werewolves change into the wolfier uh, which is a one-sided werewolf thing. They kind of get locked in their werewolf state. Um, so there were wearables. So, like, the idea was all your tribal decks had more cards for it, and there was undying. But there's some brand new mechanics that uh, Brian brought to the mix. Um, so let's talk about those new mechanics. So the two named keyword mechanics was miracle and soul bond. Okay, so miracle. So flashback a little bit. When I first made my very first design ever, Tempest, I came up with this awesome idea that I was really excited by. What if there were cards that triggered when you drew them? You know, Imagine having uh, a lightning bolt that did four damage, but when you drew it, it shocked you. That just drawing the card would shock you. Um, and so maybe you're a two-life. If you're a two-life and draw this card, you lose the game because it shocks you when you draw it. Um, now, there was some problem figuring out how to make that happen. How do I have triggered effects? Because wouldn't I just not show my opponent if it was going to kill me? Why would I show my opponent, you know? And so we goofed with, like, different backs. The um, Sleeves weren't real popular way, way back when. And uh, Anyway, in the end, I tried a lot of ways to make it work, and I couldn't make it work. So when Brian said that he had an idea to have cards that when you drew them did something, I was like, okay, Brian, I've been here. Uh, but Brian was excited. He we said, well, let, let's figure out how to do it. So the story I always tell when I tell about this is there's a famous story of the Gordian Knot. So the Gordian Knot is... There's this place, I think it's a. this is a Greek uh, myth, I think, um, and, or uh, it has to do with Alexander, actually, Alexander the Great, that he comes somewhere and there's this ornate knot. And supposedly, whoever could untie the Gordian knot would rule that city or something. Um, and so Alexander takes the sword and chops it in half and, un- and, and is able to untie the knot. Uh, and the idea is sometimes the solution is just the straight, you know, go wait right for it. And Br- Brian said, you know what? Let's just assume you can do it. So, clearly miracles had to be positive because if they were negative, right, there's reason not to show your opponent. So the idea was if it was positive, you had to show it when you drew it and um, the idea was it w- you would have a reduced cost. That You would have, no- the, the, all the effects were things that w- could get you out of trouble and that you'd be happy to play when you drew them in certain situations. Um, so the idea was when you draw, you had to show it. Now, There's a lot of controversy around Miracle because it really requires you to draw your card slightly differently if you believe Miracles exist, because you can't just take it to your hand. You have to look at it while it's on top of your library before bringing it to your hand. And so a lot of the, there's a lot of debate at the time about, will this mechanic work? And and Brian took the Guardian Knot strategy and said, let's make it work. Let's assume it works. Um, And Miracle was very controversial. Um, It had its fans. There were people that loved Miracle. I mean, Miracle is fun. You know, because one of the things that's neat is, I'm in trouble. Come on, I need a miracle. For lamp, wham. There you go. Um, oh, by the way, my, my contribution to the mechanic, Brian's very gung-ho in doing it. Um, my contribution to the mechanic was, we had this angel theme, because the set was all about Avison and her angels. And so, at the time, I felt like having a, you know, the mechanic didn't necessarily um, dictate Angelness to me. So I was trying to come up with a name that did. So I came up with that name of miracles. you got to hope for miracles. Like, oh, I need a miracle. Flam! And, and that helped tie it into the angel theme. So anyway, I helped name the mechanic. But anyway, uh, it is controversial. It had a lot of fans that really loved it. There's a lot of fun moments that come from it. But also, um, probably the most famous is the U.S. team with Brian Kibler um, lost uh, at Worlds because of that card where, like, they were, I think, about to win, but their opponent, at the last possible moment, drew a, um... Oh, the red... Uh, what's the red run called? Bonfire of the Damned. Drew a Bonfire of the Damned and, uh... Won it. And, uh, th- th- there's a little... Uh, j- a little, uh... What do you call it? Called? A little movie of that moment that you can go on the internet probably right now and see and watch Brian's face, his opponent, Bonfire... Uh, draws Bonfire of the Damned. Anyway, um... Soul Bond was, was a mechanic uh, on a creature that whenever this enters or another creature enters, you can bond creatures to it, one creature, and the bonded creature then gets an ability. Both it and the bonded creature gain the ability if it's, they're bonded together. It's kind of a banding-ish kind of mechanic of people coming together. We really wanted the idea of the, the, the angels come to save the day, but everybody bands together to get rid of the monsters, and so there's a lot of teamwork going on. Now, by the way, the real interesting story is... There was actually a mechanic that we really wanted to use called Forbidden. Now, I I can't give too much to you about Forbidden, because I believe one day we'll crack Forbidden. Um, But there was a mechanic that was called, the playtest name was called Forbidden, and we liked it. The design team really liked it. The development team was scared of it. They they thought that it had a lot of developmental issues, which I'm sure it did, if they believe that. Um, And so they were really scared of it. And when we got to Divine, development basically put their foot down and said, there's no way to make this work. We can't make this work. And so we switched, and miracles got added in. Um, and I think that Miracles, Brian, Forbidden was very splashy, and Brian, Brian likes splashy. Brian wants to make sure his set is something splashy, um, and so when we took away Forbidden, he really was looking for a mechanic that splashy, and that's how we got to Miracles. Um, I think it's something that he had thought about before hadn't found a way to do it. Anyway, the set also, um, beside Miracle and Sobon had a dying, as I said, uh, and it had two other not-named mechanics, One was there's what we call a loner mechanic, which was something the monsters had, which is like, if I'm alone. Um, And one of the things we did in this set is, um, in the first two sets, we isolated the humans by having all the monsters in the four colors, and the humans mostly in white. And in this set, we had the good guys in all four colors with the monsters. uh, It's not that there weren't monsters in other colors, it's like there weren't humans in other colors, but the humans were centered in white. Um, And in this set, the monsters were centered in black and the humans were in the other colors there were no humans in black but there were humans in the other four colors and so black was definitely the bad guys um just like white was the good guys there was no bad guys in white there were some spirits but they were benevolent um and so the idea was we flip flipped we flipped, we flipped the, the the uh sort of the structure of it um and uh, the lone mechanic said, hey, if I'm all alone, if I have only one creature, there's a benefit. So it's the, the strategy on the monster side was you didn't want to work together, that, that there was a loner strategy. But on the human side, the soul bond and a bunch of other things, you really wanted to work together. The set also had a flickering mechanic. So flickering uh, is something I introduced in Urza's Destiny. So um, Mirage had something called phasing, where things went away uh, every other turn and they'd be gone for a turn. Um... Now, phasing didn't trigger enter-the-battlefield effects, um, but I liked the idea of something that... I was making vertical cycles in Earth's Destiny, and I wanted something in white that I could do, that I could do a common, uncommon, and rare. And I came up with the idea of what if you could blank slate things? What if you could take them, take them away and bring them back? And by bringing them back, you refresh them. So anything that was negative on them got wiped away, and if they had enter-the-battlefield effects, or if they had leaves-battlefield effects... Um, that you could do things where uh, it was just a neat little mechanic and I ended up making three of them a common, uncommon, and rare but in development they knocked it down to just one they got rid of the cycle Uh, but there was one called flicker uh, and that's why the mechanic's called flicker now there's two types of flicker by the way there's what we call instant flicker and delayed flicker so instant flicker means you go away and you come back right away delayed flicker means you go away and you come back later now, there's some people that use two different terms um, that uh, that I know there's like blinking and flickering, but I, I find it confusing when they're so close to use different terms. So I just say instant flickering and delayed flickering. Uh, in my mind, they're both flickering. Um, so anyway, if you, you hear other people, sometimes people will refer to, uh, to blinking. And there's other names that people use. I, I refer to it as flickering because that's the, the first card that did it. Um, so, anyway, in, this, this set has instant flickering. Things go away and come back immediately. And the reason for that is that that's what combos with a lot of the stuff we have in the set. Uh, especially like Soul Bond. You can do some neat things with Soul Bond. And you could flicker something so you could, like, change, allowed you to change who, what was Soul Bonded. So, something with Soul Bonded, you can move it to something else. And, you know, you could do that instant speed so in combat you could can, can change things around. Okay, so another big thing about this set was um, we decided to do something pretty cool for the pre release which was we decided that the audience at the pre-release were going to open the Hell Vault. So what we did is we uh, created, a, we had Caps make a three-dimensional Hell Vault um, out, of, out of sort of cardboard and stuff. And then inside it were stuff that the audience, you know, the players got if they could earn it and open the Hell Vault. And so while you were playing, as people did things, it would tick off and slowly you would notch it until you get to open the Hell Vault and free, um, and free Avacyn. Um, and then inside, there were a bunch of things like Angel and Demon tokens and a b- bunch of different things. Um, the Hell Vault drew a lot of people. It was um, a very successful pre-release in the sense that a lot of people came out. There were mixed reactions about it um, for a couple things. One is some people wanted, had different expectations inside the Hell Vault. Um, I think we did a poor job of setting ex- setting expectations. So some people thought there was grander things in it than there were and we had picked out some stores um, some some stores had gotten upgraded stuff um, there's there a random you know there's there, there a bunch of stores um, that got uh, we, we, we sort of mixed it up but anyway there's a chance for you to get better stuff and when people found out that, that some people got better stuff and they didn't get that better stuff there's a lot of unhappiness um, and so anyway it it I think it did a lot of good. It definitely showed some stuff we could do for pre-releases. I think people got pretty excited and enjoyed what was going on. I think we, uh, the poor thing was having two different types or three different types of Hell Vaults ended up being problematic, and we oversold a little bit what was in it, meaning people had expectations that were higher than what was actually in, the, in most of them. Um, the set, obviously, I said before, had an angel theme. Um, angels have always been pretty popular, So one of the things we did is we didn't take the angels out of white. Some of the angels are more than just white, but the angels are all at least white. Um, And I'll talk about that as we go through card by card of some of the dealing with angels and making it feel like an angel set. Set had two planeswalkers, Tamiyo the Moon Sage, mono blue, and Tibalt the Fiend-blooded, which was mono red. So Tamiyo is actually from Kamigawa. She is a moon folk uh, who studies the moon, and she came to this world because it has a very unique moon. Um, made of metal, I believe. Um, anyway, um, yeah, and the Hell Vault, I believe, was a slice of the moon, I think. Um, uh, and uh, Tybalt Th- was a native. Uh, he was a devil. And he was a native. I think he had, wasn't always a devil. I think he had started human, became a devil, I think. Not 100% sure. Um, the other high profile, there were some legendary angels Bruna, Gisela, and Sagarda. They were all white in either red, green, or blue, because there was no black, because angels couldn't be in black, because the demons weren't black. Uh, there also, this was an angel and demon set. There also was a demon theme as well. Um, but anyway, those three angels got nicknamed the Powerpuff Girls because in the Powerpuff Girls, which is a comic, uh, is a cartoon about three uh, little super superhero girls. Uh, they the colors they have are red, blue, and green. And so, since these uh, angels are it's signified by red, blue, and green. They were uh, affectionately called the Powerpuff Girls. Um, also in the set was Avison and Grizzlebrand, the angel and demon in question. Um, this set is interesting in that um, it was named after a character that was not a Planeswalker, um, but uh, another character. So uh, oftentimes the face of the set is a Planeswalker, but when your set is called Avison Restored, perhaps Avison needs to be the face of your set. So she was... Um, uh, and there's a lot of, one that can be I'll talk about Everson we get to her uh, Grizzleband likewise um, we did make some intro packs there was Angelic Might which was white-green Solitary Fiends was blue-black Slaughterhouse was black-red Fiery Dawn was red-white and Bound by Strength was green-blue and then two event decks this might have even been the first event decks this is very early if not the first ones and they had Death's Encroach which was mono-black and Humanity's Vengeance which was white-blue okay there's a lot going on so let, let me hop into the cards and talk about this. Oh, so one of the little stories I was going to tell before I I get into the cards was um, something that I never, here's a story I never told about the set. So Brian is definitely, Brian likes shaking things up and trying new things. So one of the experiments Brian did during Avison Restored is one meeting a week, we would not meet inside the building. We would drive someplace and we would have a walking meeting. We would have a meeting while walking through a nearby park. Um, and we, we sometimes would shake it up where we go, I guess. Usually there's one park, but there's a bunch of places we go. But we would have walking meetings. We, we'd design and talk while walking, which was very different. Uh, that's the only design team. Uh, I take that back. I, I've had one or two other walking de- development meetings, but that was the only team that regularly did it. Um, and so it was definitely uh, interesting fantastic experience. I, I think I, I kept wanting to tell that story in my column, and somehow I never found a space to do it. So I think you guys are the first time, I think, the first people to hear about the walking design of of Abyssin short Okay, let's hop into the card. So the first card is Aggravate. So it's uh, red card, three red red, so five mana instant. Deal one damage to all creatures controlled by target player, and then all those creatures must attack if able. Um, so this is one of those things that's fun to do sometimes, where you take two different abilities and you 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 connect them. Um, so the idea is this card both forces things to attack and can deal damage. Um, and so the thing that's kind of cute and. This is where you can use flavor to take abilities and really, it's like, the idea is I'm going to irritate all these things. I'm going to damage these things and make them come at me. But the thing I'm doing, the little, little, you know, fire or whatever I'm throwing at them that's going to aggravate them, you know what? It's enough that I might actually get rid of some of the weaker things. So the idea is I'm trying to sort of stir you up and make you attack, but the means that I'm doing it actually will kill some of the smaller creatures. And so it's kind of a cool little spell. Um, I like spells that have two different effects that work interestingly together and that the flavor makes them feel very organic. Next, Angel of Glory's Rise. Five white, white. So seven mana for four, six angel with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you exile all zombies. Then you retru- return all human cards from the, gr- from the graveyard to the battlefield. Okay, can anybody name what this card is? It is the, It is the mirror of a card in Dark Ascension. Give me a second. It is a mirror of Zombie Apocalypse, which is kind of funny that it goes from Z to A. Um, But Zombie Apocalypse was a card I talked about that uh, destroyed all humans and animated all zombies. I talked about this during Dark Ascension that the original those were two cards and the um, development team morphed them into one card, which ended up being a pretty cool card. So this card is like, well, we're trying to undo the damage done, and so we're going to flip the script. Instead of killing all uh, humans and animating all zombies... Why don't we kill all zombies and animate all humans? Um, so one of the things that's going on in the set is black is number one in reanimation. White is number two. Uh, normally in a normal set, white animates small things. Uh, but in this set, to try to sort of um, make it feel more like the angel set, we upped that a little bit. And white has a little bit more reanimation than normal. Because reanimation we felt very much in white's, I don't know, flavor space. Um, and so, anyway, you'll, you'll see uh, there's a little bit more reanimation going on in white. Uh, definitely more than normal. I mean, white can do reanimation. We tend to keep it small, but we felt like, okay, for this set, we could, we could bend it a little. It's not quite breaking. A little more bend to the color pie. Okay, next, Angel of Jubilation. So there's a lot of angels in the set. Not all of them have angel in their name, but a bunch do. So, Angel of Jubilation is one white, white, white. So, four mana, three of which are white. Um, for a 3-3 angel... It has flying, so all, all, one of our rules is all angels have flying. They don't all have vigilance, although a lot have vigilance, but they all have flying. All your non-black creatures get plus one, plus one, and play, players can't pay life or uh, sacrifice creatures to cast spell or activate abilities. So this does two things. So one of the things we wanted in general with our angels was we wanted our angels to feel um, protected in some way. So um, Angel of Glorious Rise, for example, brought things back from the dead you know, well, first of all, it killed zombies and then it brought things back from the dead. So it definitely was, it was there as a protector. Um, Angel jubilation, you know, boosts all your creatures, you know, so it boosts, helps your creatures and it, it stops shenanigans from going on. So we like the idea of angels are, are protective in this nature. So this is protective because it's making all your creatures stronger and it's also making sure that, I mean, who is sacrificing creatures and paying life for a thing? Black is. That's dark, evil magic. White's not doing that or rarely does that. And uh, doesn't do in this set. And um, so, you know, the angel's like, I'm not going to let you do dark things. I'm stopping the demonic things. That, that's very demonic in nature and flavor. Um, so angel jubilation is definitely... Um, we, we were trying hard on all our angels to make them both something people would be excited by and feel angelly. you know. I mean, we always want angel-like us to be angelly, but when you're making a lot of angels, you have to be extra careful. Okay, angelic armaments is an artifact that costs three. It's equipment. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two in flying, uh, and it's white, and it's a white angel in addition, uh, equipped for four. So the reason this card is important is if you're going to have a theme of angels, that means you're going to have cards that care about angels. And if you have cards that care about angels, and angels can only be in white, is there ways to help other people maybe play in that space a little bit? And the answer was, well, here's an artifact that turns things into an angel when you equip it. And so that way, you kind of can make your own angels with this artifact. So even if I don't have a lot of angels in my deck... Um, if I have a few cards that care about angels, this card helps me get more angels. It's a, it's a way to, to make angels without inherently being an angel. Okay, another thing we did, because it was an angel theme, is we had some fun with our reprints. So the next two cards are actually both reprints. Angel's Wall, which is a 1W04 wall with a Defender and Flying, and Angelic Mercy, which is 2WW Instant, you gain 7 life. Um, both those cards are in the set because it's an angel set, and we, we liked the idea of finding cards that thematically fit. One of the things we did in development, is we uh, not development, in design, is we made a list of all the cards that had angel flavor when we were looking for reprints, because we wanted to bring, we wanted as much angel flavor as possible. And one way to do that is, even in our reprints, we definitely could steer toward angelic and angel like things. Okay, next, Angel's Tomb. It's an artifact for three. Uh, Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, uh, you animate it and it becomes a 3 3 white angel with flying. So this is another way to get an angel in a deck that does not have white. Uh, So this is an artifact that represents the tomb of an angel. But, you know, whenever a creature enters the battlefield, it illuminates and becomes a creature, becomes an angel, or it animates, I guess, and it can fly and attack. Okay, next, Arcane Melee. Four and a blue, so five mana is an enchantment. Instants and sorceries cost two less to cast. So one of the things that's definitely going on is there are a bunch of different themes going on in the set. One of the themes that Red and Blue often likes to do is messing around with spells, and so this is designed for a deck that's a spell-oriented deck. Note, by the way, I think it doesn't say your instants and sorceries. I thought it did, and I looked it up, and I think it just says all instant sorceries. So I think it helps everybody. It's good for multiplayer play. Uh, in two-player play, you help your opponent a little bit. The idea, hopefully, is your deck's more focused on, uh, uh, on instants and sorceries than your opponent. Okay, speaking of other reprints that are angel-themed, Archangel, all the way back from Visions, I believe... So it's a uh, 5-5 five, five angel, 5 WW, 7-mana, 5-5 five, five angel, with flying and vigilance. Um, yeah, it's funny. Sarah Angel, which was the very first angel in the very first Magic set, had flying and vigilance, although vigilance was written out at the time. It wasn't uh, keyworded back then. Um, and ever since then, vigilance has been very much an angel thing. So you'll notice in the set that a lot of the angels have vigilance just because vigilance has come to be flavored very much angelly, and so there's a lot of vigilance there. Okay, we're going to end today with my final A, Avison, a- a- N- 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 Angel of Hope. Five WWW, so eight mana, three of which are white, for an 8-8 Legendary Angel with Flying Vigilance. And Avison and all other permanents are indestructible. So the cool thing with this card was we knew, we knew a Echo Avacyn restored, and the story is about Avicen comes and saves the day. Well, your card better save the day. You better have a card. So we knew we, need, we needed to have a splashy thing. Um, and so the idea we, we toyed around with is what if so um, I, I think I made this card um, I'm pretty sure I made this card um, so my idea was what can I do to be the ultimate protector you know Avacyn's, Avacyn's there I know I'm going to be okay and I said okay this is going to be the face of the set we want something as splashy as splashy can be and so I'm like well what if just everything's indestructible including her everything's indestructible your opponent's like uh oh everything is indestructible nothing can be destroyed that is pretty daunting um, and i was worried when i made it that development would never let that fly but i'm like well it's it's flashy you know i'm not you know my job in design is to make good splashy cards if development needs to weaken it or you know what the fallback was well maybe maybe she doesn't make herself indestructible um, but no no development was on board and the card i mean maybe the cost changed but the basic abilities never changed what the uh being being i, I don't think changed um, all her abilities, I mean, every, when I created the card, everything was the same. The mana cost maybe, maybe changed in development. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, I, I was real happy that that's one of the things where you make the card and just it zooms all the way through to the process to print. And so that was a, a brain to print card where what I made is what actually got printed. And she was very popular. And she, I mean, she's a good card because she does in fact protect your board. Okay, guys, I'm now at work. Um and I got through Abe. Obviously I'm not quite done. I got uh twenty-five more letters to get to, so um I'll continue and I'll keep doing podcasts so we get through all I'm not doing every single card, but I will I'll do a bunch of cards and I'll talk talk to you all about Avicenna Shore. But for today, um as I'm parked in my parking space, we all know what that means. That means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you next time. Bye bye.